Day 30, subjective from the dreamlands. Current location, the gondola of an airship, somewhere above the southern seas of the dreamlands. Said gondola has blacked out windows, that's so the five bloodsuckers that are with us do not become crispy fried bloodsuckers. Our bearing, the nameless isle. So, a visit and a briefing from Firth has at least one advantage. It makes a skinhead taking a gigantic diuretic dump in your cereal bowl look like an attractive prospect. Summary of our situation? Back in the real world, it's New Year's Day 2009. Yeah, Happy New Year. That is exceedingly bad news, as it brings Doomsday, January the 15th, 2009, closer, and a lot faster than I had hoped. During my visit last year, we spent close to four subjective months here, and yet returned to the real world the same night we entered the dreamlands. According to Firth, this accelerated time flow is a result of dark sorcery that the good magi of Celeface are trying to counter, but not succeeding, it would seem. Sure hope they have their gold frankincense and myrrh safely locked away. Firth says that Delta Green is back up and running, and working with Majestic 13, to the extent that 13 is at liberty to work with Delta Green. Nick the Fixer is supposedly back. Frankly, I didn't know he was gone. That's a bit of decent news, at least. Firth also claims that thinking on Steno has evolved. Whereas originally it was supposed that he had to be destroyed in three parallel worlds, Carcosa, the Dreamlands, and the real world at the same time, apparently now the thought of the day seems to be that he can be attacked at different times. So Ocel is now moving towards Carcosa through the house in Jermaine Street where Lilith used to live, leading to this extra-dimensional intersection where Chance, Martikian, and Frost ended last October, and where they found Alice. From what they told me, the boys from Ocel are in for a kind of a rough ride. So our current goal, other than to recover Cecile Devereaux, stop the expansion of the Iron Army Borrowers, dodge the Vampiric Order, deal with the Methuselah, all of that we'll get to after breakfast, is to strike at Steno's incarnation in the Dreamlands. Soon. He is known as Nunu Ka here, and resides in a swamp in Eastern Lang, a place I have only heard spoken of in frightened whispers. He's attended there by DuPont, some guy called Eldred, who we have yet to trip across, plus our good former Sheriff Angel and his deputy Bryce as their bodyguards. Firth has come up with a ready-made plan to get him. It's all very simple, really, and totally foolproof and safe, too. <laughs> yeah. Dupont has a weakness for women, so we already knew that, and he procures them from the slavers on the Nameless Isle. So, Firth plans on inserting herself into the slave coffers and being bought by DuPont's agents. We'll then have to use the magic box, ownership uncertain now, but Frost would say otherwise, to track these agents through time and space and funnel them home. Simple, like I said. Of course, there are a few uh, small issues, such as... We have no idea what the layout of Steno's stronghold is. Let's set aside for a minute the issue that if Firth is found out, she'll meet an even more gruesome end than she would in case she's been purchased as a plaything. 
We have no idea what kind of opposition we're likely to encounter before even getting to Steno. Speaking of which, we have no clue as to how strong he is, or how, and if, we can affect him. There was a kind of a heated debate on the subject. Beverly is vehemently opposed to the idea. Well, she would be. She knows better than anyone how Dupont treats his women. In the end, it came down to the same old story. Anyone got a better idea? Yeah, silence. There's that skinhead taking a gigantic dieting dump in my cereal bowl again. Incidentally, the bloodsucker battle group that we're supposedly after, the one including Rochelle Devereaux's body and Cecile Devereaux's mind, is also marooned on the Nameless Isle. The bloodsuckers have problems of their own, other than the fact that they need to feed on blood and the sunlight kills them instantly, and I'm not even going to go into the delusions of superiority that all of them, to a greater or lesser extent, seem to be afflicted by. Yeah, they have lost the red ship. While it was on station off the coast, it was attacked by a combined force of vampire critters that gave them a serious run for their money, as well as a cabal of sixteen sorcerers. The sorcerers whisked the red ship away, leaving only Captain LaRue, Royston, Yoon, Kakovsky, and Poco the Psycho behind, and that was only because they were off the ship trying to disrupt the ritual. All of this happened as we were trying to pass the Ring of Death yesterday. We met them on a beach, where we were also privy to a little argument between Isabeau and the other bloodsuckers. Apparently the Iron Army intends to sacrifice the ship, which is a living being of sorts, to waken a Methuselah. In bloodsucker speak, this means one of their patriarchs, a crossbreed of the Godfather, that's the Al Pacino version rather than Marlon Brando, Darth Vader, Norman Bates, Lord Voldemort, and Hannibal Lecter. He's been sleeping for ages, but when he wakes up, He'll eat and kill every motherfucking, blood-sucking, fang-mouthed, night-freak in existence. To a certain degree, that scenario has an appeal, but it probably would also be bad for humanity as well, I suppose. On a more positive note, Tabitha is safe. Isabeau gave her her marching orders, sort of dismissed her from her service, sending her back to the real Earth to warn the resident bloodsuckers at Armageddon was about to hit them. Total annihilation. Yeah, it's not so funny when it's about to fuck you in the ass too, huh? Isabeau used Simon Chandler's box to send Tabitha back. Or if you are the Frost School of Thort, not a recommended school, by the way, Frost's box. He is obsessed with that thing. He would not hand it over to Isabeau for the ritual. And things ended up with Chief throwing a punch at Frost. Summer's getting in the way of it, taking Chief's fist in the face... And ultimately, the bloodsucker Lord Royston picking Frost up by the throat and, politely of course, demanding its use. I see a need to separate Frost from this box. Since the bloodsuckers are now in need of transportation, we've rigged the airship's gondola to protect them from the sun. Hence the blacked-out windows. I've also put a lot of them in between Chief and Frost, just for safety's sake. According to Firth... It's a massive teleportation matrix with a great number of preset destinations, which she's not had the time to explore. It can apparently also be used as a tracking device to follow through other gates and portals. 
Finally, Firth also reminded me that I apparently have some talent, although it involves transmitting, not receiving, which is beneficial as it would be, make me less susceptible to intrusions. Of course, right now, it doesn't do anything for me. One more giant crap in the cereal bowl. Ask, and ye shall receive.